And welcome to the Break from the Grind, NFL Pick'em Week 3. George, we are now in Week 3 of the NFL season. Last week wasn't a very good week. We expected so much scoring, so many good games, and much like my sex life, it was nothing more than a sheer disappointment. What did you think about Week 2, George? I thought Week 2 sucked balls. What did you... Jacks. Big balls. Well, so here's the thing. Sometimes when you have big balls, you end up sitting on them. And I think that's what Jack did this week. He he went for it again on fourth down. I give him credit for that. It probably wasn't a very smart idea to go for it at that time. But hey, he did. Like I said, sat right on his nuts. Yep. Uh, my team got obliterated. My team got obliterated. got obliterated. And then came back and looked respectable. Against some quarterback who couldn't even start on Florida with Jeff Driscoll as their quarterback. Doesn't matter. They did what they were supposed to do. I'd lose. be concerned. Nah, they did lose. But I'd be more concerned if they came out and got shellacked by a third-string quarterback. Hey, the one thing I will say is the Miami Dolphins suck, but they don't quit. They don't quit, and they will kill your quarterback. So far, we are two for two. We're going to go for a record this week because we got the Browns. They've already lost two quarterbacks. We're going to make them lose three. They're going to have four different starting quarterbacks in the first four games of the uh, regular season. This is going to be amazing. One thing we're going to do is I am going to count how many times this week I say here's the thing. Because I say here's the thing a lot. And I'm not counting those because those I'm saying in the sentence. So I'm going to make an effort to not say here's the thing. Listen, I've known you long enough to know you're not making any effort to do anything. Like... Me just scratching. I made no effort not to scratch. That's one of the things I've noticed going back through the podcast is that I need to tape George's hands to the desk because he will fidget throughout this whole thing. I am a fidgeter. There's no doubt about that. I have a hard time sitting still. I'm always go, 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 go. So back to the back to the NFL this week, though. Looking over this, some of the games, the Saints this week lost to the Giants. The Giants didn't score an offensive touchdown. That game, they thought there was going to be so many yards and points. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, and it was 16-13. to 13. Uh, One thing I found funny, uh, I read this online this week, Drew Brees passed Dan Marino for third all-time in yards. On his very next pass, he threw for minus one yard, which put him back behind Dan Marino. He did end up passing him eventually later in the game, but I thought that summed up his week perfectly. It did. It one really step did. forward, one step back. Looking at the games here, there are a lot of close games. Titans barely beat the Lions. They won by one. Kansas City lost by a touchdown to Houston. Miami lost by a touchdown to New England. Uh, Three-point game in the New Orleans Giants game. I mean, there was a lot of close games. And then there was games like 46-27. to 27. The Panthers over the Niners. That's just embarrassing. That the Niners scored that many points against the Panthers' defense? I think the Panthers like just said, you know what? We're going to go get that quarterback that'll be starting in New England. And we're going to put him in our game as well. And we're going to give them the defense to match, and you can score at will at the second half. Uh, uh, speaking of embarrassing, 40-7 to Arizona over the Bucks. Oh, That's got to hurt. Oh, it does hurt. There was a whole lot of quit in that game. Oh, uh, there was. San Diego Chargers. Speaking of quit, San Diego Chargers 38-14 over Jacksonville. That's just brutal. See, see what happens when you get rid of Jack Del Rio and his big balls? Yes. Decade of mediocrity. Oh, I don't even know why they let him go. He was such a good coach in Jacksonville. Also, recapping last week, as far as our picks go, George and I were both 8-8 eight and eight again. We are, I'm telling you, we will not steer you wrong. We are the Jeff Fishers of Pick'em. You want mediocrity? You want to be average? That's me and Jason. So my daughter had a really bad week this week. My daughter went six and ten, bringing her total to thirteen and nine. George, how'd your daughter do this week? 
Uh, you have the scores. She was above 500 for the week, and that brings her to 15 and 17. She is one game behind us now. George and I both sit at 16 and 16. Victoria, George's daughter, sits at 15 and 17. And my daughter sits in last place at 13 and 19. So what do you think about that, George? I think if we get passed up by either one of our daughters, we just need to quit. Oh, well, this came, so this came down basically to, to last night's Monday night football game. Yeah, if you would have lost last night, if the, if the Bears would have showed up and done what they should have done to the Eagles, my daughter would be ahead of you in this, in the pickings. And you would be too. Well, I mean, I'm going to finish ahead of you anyway. Luckily, I was smart enough. Luckily, I was smart enough to pick the Eagles and not the Bears. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking back. I had the scores. I'm, I'm impressed. So I said this was going to be a 27-17 game. It was 29-14. to I'm very impressed with how the ability of me to be able to pick this score was. Sadly, I just had the teams wrong. Well, here's the th- There it is again. Here's the thing. So that's two. That's two. That's two in this podcast. Yep. The thing is for this, and the thing is is different, so we'll go with something else. <laughs> the thing is... There it is. The, oh, I didn't say, here's the thing. I said, there. Uh, the thing uh, is. I'm going to get you. You're not going to get me again. I will get myself. <laughs> the only offense the Bears seem to have was Eddie Royal, who at this point has to be 90 years old. I, I think he's not 90. Come on, dude. He's like 57. Punt return for a touchdown. A lot of yards after the catch. That guy's quick for an old guy. Yep. Either that or the Bears are really slow. I mean. I honestly looked at it, though. And couldn't believe that he was still in the league when I heard his name called. Yeah. I mean, so he was the, he was there last year. He has a pretty good rapport with uh, Jay Cutler, who, by the way, injured his hand and is expected to miss many, many weeks. That's I believe, is a good thing for Chicago. Probably. Are you sure it was it was his hand and not his vagina? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was his hand. He hurt his smoking hand. I think he hurt his vagina. Well, that, that was hurt a long time ago. He That's a, never healed. He has a sprained vagina, I think, was the medical report coming out this week. <laughs> uh, he might have got a cast on there. It's a fractured vagina. Fractured vagina. There's a split right up the middle. Yes. That split's not supposed to be there, he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Patriots game a little bit. Now, I know, I know Miami came back when some third string guy came in. They did. But... Man, Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty good. Jimmy Garoppolo did look good. He looked great. And he looked good on the sideline because he couldn't play didn't because get, we injured him. Didn't he get taken right back to the back and then straight to the hospital? I thought I, he looked good on the sideline while he was getting checked out. Let's face it. So be honest. I'm comfortable in my, in my sexuality to say Jimmy Garoppolo, good looking man. He really is. He's not ugly. Like Tom Brady, he's not an ugly guy. Jimmy Garoppolo, not an ugly guy. Not attracted to him in any way, but they're not they're not hideous, they're not ugly, they're not Jake Cutler, they're not Eli Manning. I'm not sure okay. why I'm not sure why we so, had to go down that road. Because because I wanted to highlight the statement of hey, Jimmy Grapple looked pretty good on the sideline. Because he was a good looking man on the sideline because he was unable to play while they were checking him out. Anybody got Gator? Because mine's going off. <laughs> Yours would go off. It's fine. I'm comfortable enough to say if a man looks good and if a man doesn't look good. Eli Manning, that's one ugly motherfucker. Jay Cutler, that's one ugly motherfucker. George Reed. That's one good-looking motherfucker. He is a stud. Not even your wife thinks that. Listen, my wife is not here, so it doesn't matter what she thinks. It matters what I think. It always matters what your wife thinks. Listen, my wife will tell you I'm a good-looking man. Because if she doesn't, I will yell at her. 
Okay, that's a lot. I will not yell at her, and she will not say I'm a good-looking man. Exactly. <laughs> I have the face for radio. So anyway, back to the dolphins. They 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 were down. We've discussed this. To ad nauseum. Yes. They were down. Changed the game plan. Gave the defense a little break because the offense was not nearly as good the second half as it was in the first half. And the Dolphins did what they were supposed to do. They came back and they gave themselves a chance to win. And in the end, Miami did Miami things and lost the game. Yeah, the the, the name of the game plan change was third string quarterback in. Let's get him. Well, but that did not affect the defense to the rate you think it did. There wasn't nearly as many three and outs. I don't think there was only, I think New England only had one three and out the whole second half. Well, six plays. So that means. That's that, not a three and out. Six but plays. Six plays means. There was they two drives. Three. They had two drives of six plays. Only two of their drives were six plays long. Everything else was over six. No, I think there was at least one where they fumbled. It was under. It was. Well, four. okay. So that was because the ball had the actual amount of air it was supposed to have in it. And so LeGarrette Blunt couldn't grip the ball as good as he normally does. It's just a touch bit deflated. I'm thinking if if Garoppolo was actually in the game, fifty-seven to nothing. Tom Brady in the game, I think, ninety-two to nothing. I think you're a fool, but that's okay. Let's talk about forty to seven. Oh, do we have to talk about exactly? Uh, there's exactly. No, there's no defense for that game. Nobody showed up. Except no, there was defense. All right, it was on the Arizona side. There, nobody showed up except for the punter. The Buccaneers looked horrible. All I know is that Aguayo guy, he picked up in the regular season where he left off in the preseason. Uh, Wide left, wide right. Terrible pick. He only missed one, but terrible pick. Yeah, but he he, he missed them in the preseason as well. At least he's showing consistency. He can't hit it in the preseason. He can't hit it in the regular season. Bucks ain't going to make it to the playoffs, so we'll never know if he can make it in the postseason. But if they did make it to the postseason... He'd probably miss it there too. The joke I read online this week that I really liked about that was the Bucks are trying to put him in a non-pressure situation, being down forty to seven, to see if that takes the edge off and helps him kick. <laughs> it didn't work. It did not work. It yeah, failed it miserably. It didn't work. Well, so back to the Bucks real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is why I said last week I don't trust Winston yet. He's inconsistent, and he's, I'll touch on that later. He's he's very inconsistent. Uh, he'll have really good games, and he has real bad games. And this was just a bad game. There were guys open, and he overthrew them. Yep. So a lot of this was on a lot of this was on him. It wasn't just an Arizona defense. It was a bad game by Winston. I, I think it, a lot of it. I'm going to give the credit to the Arizona defense by putting pressure on Winston, which made him make the bad decisions. He was throwing the ball quicker than he wanted. He was trying to hit guys in tighter windows that he shouldn't have been trying to hit them in. But that was last week too. He had very little pressure last week, but he threw the ball. Even he, though he threw it accurately, but he often threw it early. I just want to say he back, wasn't getting pressured by that Falcons defense like he was getting pressured but what I'm by saying the Cardinals is, defense. What I'm saying is if you go back and look at it, if you look at his feet from I'm last week. I'm not going to go back and look at it. I know you won't, but I did. And if you look at his feet from last week even, he felt pressure even when it wasn't there. And a lot of times he threw underneath to guys when there were guys wide open down the field. He's still got to develop that. Now – Last week, what he did do well is put the ball right on the spot. So even if he threw it to the wrong guy, at least he wasn't going to get intercepted. This week, he he made terrible throws repeatedly. Yeah, it was it was just an ugly game altogether. And the thing that really irks me, first-year head coach Dirk Cotter, what the fuck was Winston doing on <laughs> the field? He wanted – listen, I would have died laughing if Winston would have got hurt at, at that stage in the game. I know where you're going. 
I would have died laughing. You've got your franchise quarterback out playing in the game against the starters of that defense, who the only reason they were even out there is because the offense still had its starters in. And Dirk Cutter's like, yeah, we're just going to play Winston the whole game, even though we have no chance against this team. and <laughs> We're just going to leave him out there. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. So meanwhile, one of the things that really turned this game around was Doug Martin having a hamstring injury. That happened early. I he, told you, he's injury prone. He had a he had what looked to be a start of a decent game. And then he had a great view from the sideline. Charles Sims came in, forced a fumble for the defense. Good job, Charles Sims. Yeah, he had a bad play. He had several. He had several bad plays. He had plays. several if you watch the I, game. I, I give a lot of credit to that defense. I think... You're completely underwriting how good the Arizona defense was. Oh, the Arizona defense is amazing, but there's there was plenty of open space, plenty of open passes, and they just got missed. It, yeah. The Bucks, the Bucks had a terrible game. Part of that was forced by Arizona, but part of that was just an unprepared Bucks team thinking too highly of itself. Yeah. They even mentioned it in the press conference that they came in thinking they were going to be something, and they weren't. But they are who we thought they were. So that covers the recap of the games last week, um, but. There are still injuries to talk about this week. Whoa, 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 stop. We're not talking about injuries. We could be here all night talking about injuries. Well, we should at least talk about some of the important ones. Adrian they're, Peterson. They're all important. But, okay, AP, Thomas Rawls, Danny Woodhead, Jonathan Stewart, Doug Martin, Amir Abdullah, Arian Foster. Wait, 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 who? Arian Foster. I thought he, we were just talking about important ones. Well, he's important to the team, unfortunately. Which, listen, I didn't want him on... I was on the record. I didn't want Foster to go to Miami to begin with. It's going to be a lot easier for him to take a knee next week. Yeah, a lot easier. Actually, it might be harder. <laughs> Brandon Marshall. So what was Fo- Foster? By the way, Brandon Marshall, let me just say, that dude, wow. God that's damn, all I'm saying. That's a goddamn man right there. That dude, wow. MCL injury came back, what, one series later? Yeah. One, one. Went to the, the locker room. I'm sure they gave him some sort of medical injection. And he was back out, ready to go. Uh, his teammates didn't even know that he was coming back out until he was already on the field and in the huddle. Kind of surprised everybody. Uh, personally, I know I was glad to see him. George has him on his fantasy football league in one of our one of our big. No, that's wrong. I have him in multiple leagues. Well, especially in one of the big big dollar ones. Yeah, our our big money league. I've got Brandon Marshall and Keenan Allen as my receivers, and I was just about. Dead. He was He was about to cry. A buddy of mine that we work with at the factory and I and George are all in the same league. We could, we, we could say his name. Chris. So Chris Mullins. The, He's not going to listen to this because he doesn't like us. But The moment the moment okay. Marshall went down, Chris and I texted each other going, holy shit, George's team is fucked. That, that literally. And then my phone blew up. I got calls from Jason. I got calls from Chris. I got calls from Mike. It was just fucking brutal. I'm like, leave me the hell alone. Yeah, one of the guys called me and he was like, hey, are you still watching the game? I'm like, no, you stupid shit. I turned it off. Yes, I'm still watching the game. I know Brandon Marshall just almost broke his leg in six different places. I tried to offer you a trade almost right away, didn't I, you, George? Yeah, you did. You uh, offered me, I, 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 I might mispronounce his name, I believe it was Iunawa. He's, uh, so he's not owned in our league, but if Brandon Marshall had gone down, he will be after I, this week. I definitely would have used my number two waiver position if he wasn't picked up to take him and trade him to, to a sad George. And George would not have would not have traded for him. I'd have just been sad. But anyway, we're not here to talk about fantasy football. That's a another show on another day. 
from uh, different people. From lots of different people. We're here to actually talk about the real football, not the, the fantasy. The, the funniest thing with the injuries, and injuries are never really funny, but the funniest thing with the injuries I found was watching Adrian Peterson get pulled through the back of some kitchen at their new stadium, them carrying him. They didn't even put him on a cart or give him crutches. They just had two dudes holding him up, carrying him back through this, this kitchen in the back of their stadium. Like, He's like Arian he, Foster. He doesn't deserve to be carted out. No, Adrian Peterson. Oh, okay, okay. Excuse Adrian Peterson. Me. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking to myself, this is your franchise you're, you're hobbling back here. Can't you spell – Listen, at this point in, in, in the game and at his advanced age, he's no longer the franchise. That's probably true, but he – He'll he'll never be the franchise again. Poor Adrian. No, no poor Adrian. Listen, he's done. This, is, I mean, so he has two options. He is diagnosed. He's got an MCL issue. He's either going to have the surgery and be done for four months, which will most likely effectively end his career because the Vikings are not going to bring him back at $19 million a year next year. Or he can wait four weeks and attempt to go at it again. And it could potentially be career threatening if it gets injured again. Well, either so, way, his career is threatened. Yeah. So he's done. I, I don't, I don't see him playing. I don't see him playing again this year. I'd be, I'd just be absolutely shocked if he did. And after this year going forward, he'll play somewhere. I don't know if Miami he will. will sign him. No, we've got enough injured running backs. We don't need more. <laughs> Collect them. We, we're collectors of injured running backs. This is phenomenal. Got to catch them all. That's Pokemon. Anyway, I think honestly, I think next year Miami will address the running back issue in the draft. There's supposed to be a lot of good looking. Uh, and by good looking, I don't mean like they look good. I mean, just like so talent-wise. So not Garoppolo? No, they're not Garoppolo. No. Okay. okay. No, but there are a lot of good-looking running backs coming out of uh, – that should be coming out next year. And here's uh, the great thing about that for Fournette, you. Fournette, Delvin Cooks. I would take any of them on my team. You know what the good thing about that is for you? What's that? Dolphins look terrible. You'll be able to pick them high. Exactly. All right. So that's enough of last week. Let's get into this week's – or week three's games. First game's going to be Houston at New England. George, who do you got? So I have Houston in this game. I went through this week and I did a lot of uh, research. Um, Houston, and I know this is week three, but they are actually 12-2 and two in the first two weeks of the season, dating back to 2010. I thought that was a, just an interesting stat. Jacoby Brissett, not to be confused with brisket, which is a delightfully tasteful meat, uh, will become the first New England rookie quarterback to start a game. Since 1993, when it was Drew Bledsoe who did that. So here's the thing. I got to jump in there, and there's another. Here's the thing. I have to jump in here, George. You're talking about the Patriots with Jimmy Garoppolo and deliciously tasteful meat. (laughs) I didn't even put that together. That's pretty good. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, and I wasn't talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was talking about Jacoby Brissett. But you said not to be confused with the deliciously tasteful meat, which which is is their other quarterback. I said brisket. I know what you're talking about. Listen, I know what you got on your mind over there, but that's okay. Brisket. Yes, delightfully delicious, juicy meat. So, ever I wonder if half of the New England fans even know who Drew Bledsoe is. At this point? Oh, I think so. Uh, I doubt it. Not the young ones, but man, there's a lot of Listen, old people. Listen, I New asked England. my older brother who Drew Bledsoe was. He didn't know. He's my older brother. If you ask him who the quarterback for his favorite Patriots team is right now, he could tell you it's Tom Brady. He couldn't tell me who Jimmy uh, Drew Bledsoe was. But here's the thing. Your family's not smart. My older brother is. My little brother is that's not. not showing, that's not showing to be true, at least in the football sense. Exactly. So, 
There I was think, that. There's I that. Most, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting stat. The, no rookie. The the last rookie quarterback to to throw a pass for the Patriots was Drew Bledsoe. Uh, well, so for this matchup, you're taking. Oh, I'm taking Houston. Okay, so I don't. I don't like Houston. I think their quarterback is about. It's it's a lot like our football picks. He's decidedly me- mediocre. Uh, they keep feeding the ball to Lam- Lamar Miller, but their their D is what we thought they were. Yep. Uh, so so that's what's going to pull them through. But this thing's a hundred percent about the Patriots. No Garoppolo, no win. And wait, it do- wait, wait, wait! I thought that was no Tom, no win. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the same ring to it. But here's the thing, and I said it again: it doesn't have the same ring to it. No Garoppolo, no win. But it really kind of fits because I don't think Brissett has has what it takes. I don't either. His first pass was a, a pass out to the right to Julian Edelman, and it fell well short of, of his target. And Edelman was wide open. Now, I don't know if that was nerves or he's just a terrible quarterback. I'm not really sure. It's a little bit of both. But speak, I, I agree. Speaking of Edelman here, he's literally their backup quarterback. Yeah, which is amazing. So if, if Brissett does get hurt? Their number one wide receiver becomes their number one quarterback. I don't think this ever ha- so. Oh. I mean, over or under two passes to himself. Only if they're blocked down at the line. <laughs> but I will say it probably has happened with Cordell Stewart. Maybe I, I think I think Cordell Stewart actually had a pass to himself. That that's kind of impressive. Um, a little bit on the Texans here. Uh, they're off to a two and zero start. They're being led right now by uh, rookie wide receiver Will Fuller. Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins all look um they look fantastic. Um in two games Miller has recorded 53 rushing attempts and six catches for just over 200 all-purpose yards. Uh he has not had a touchdown yet, which kind of surprising considering how many touches of the football he's actually had, but I just expect Houston to beat up an undermanned, undermatched New England team that's down to his third-string quarterback. I, I don't think I mean this this completely boils down to the Patriots. It boils down to Bill Belichick. Can he get enough out of that string, third string wide receiver or quarterback? Quarterback. Can he get enough out of that third string quarterback? And I, I don't think so. Here's here, you know how I know it's bad. How? The, the Browns looked at the New England Patriots quarterback depth chart and laughed. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. They that's looked that's at, pretty good. Yeah, they they looked at it and went, "We got better than that." Yeah. Shit. And, and they just might. They might. <laughs> All right, so our next game is the Arizona Cardinals um, at the Buffalo Bills. So I'm taking Arizona on this one, and this just in. Arizona left Patrick Peterson behind so they could pick off a Jameis Winston one more time. They won't need him anyway against the Bills, so they figured, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, last week, Carson Palmer threw for three TDs for the first time since week seven, 2009. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I he, he he over no, uh, almost ninety games since the last time he threw for three touchdowns. And as much as as he throws the ball, that's kind of surprising. the The Bills defense gave up almost five hundred total yards to the Jets last week. So in an attempt to correct that, they fired their offensive coordinator. I have a theory on that. So they fired their offensive coordinator, even though their defense was terrible. But here's my theory, right? I'm listening. Okay, so the Jets showed the Bills what an offense should look like. They did. And then they fired their offensive coordinator because they saw what it was supposed to look like and the Bills had nothing to do with it. Yeah. This week, Arizona is going to show them what defense should look like. So I think Rob Rob Ryan may be in trouble after this week. As long as Rex is the head coach, Rob Ryan won't go nowhere. You think he'd tell mom? I mean, he might tell mom. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. This game basically boils down to Tyrod Taylor. And 
What I mean by that is Tyrod Taylor is an absolutely terrible NFL quarterback. He does not, he's over his head. He's not good. He is terrible. Take your Andy Dalton metrics. He's way down at the bottom. But So week one, he had about 111 yards passing, which is decidedly bad. Week one, yep. 111 yards passing, yep. bad. This week, he had 297 and three and touchdowns. you're reading into the numbers because over 151 of those yards came on two Hail Mary type throws. Last I he checked, was those missing, still count. They count, but so do the, the, the plays where he missed completely wide open receivers. Just overthrew them completely, threw a short, threw it to, out of bounds. Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn because it was wide open and not covered. I'm not saying that's good, but what I'm saying is those count. So if he does nothing all game. If if you look at the numbers. If he does nothing all game and throws those three touchdowns and the other team only throws two, they still win. But that's not what happened. No, it's not because they played a decent Jets offense and they had to fire their defensive coordinator. Exactly. They should have fired their defensive coordinator. I was about to say, no, they fired their offensive coordinator. It It was a terrible game. Tyrod Taylor is a terrible quarterback. And with that said, the cards are just going to destroy the Bills this week. I'm taking the Cardinals as well. Moving on, we're going to Denver at Cincinnati. I like Denver just like my wife's nickname for me. It's all about the big D in Denver. Yeah, she that's a lie. That's a lie. Well, yeah, she's not she doesn't she's never been to Denver. Yes, but she doesn't say that about you either. Not to you. And not to anybody. She including it, you. She, oh, that's true. <laughs> Why would you ruin that for me? <laughs> listen, I don't want to lie to the people. We have seven people now who listen on a consistent basis, and I refuse to let let you sit here and tell them lies. Can I at least pretend it's big? You can pretend whatever you want, but we're not going to lie to the people. The people come to us for, for advice and facts, and we're come, not going to sit here and lie to them. They don't come to us for either. Oh, yeah. Okay. They that, come to that us. was a lie. They, they <laughs> They come to us for laughs, which is what my wife does when she sees the big D. Yes. Okay. So we are way... So I tell her... Here's what I tell her. I tell her I could give her eight inches. I just have to put it in twice. Oh, I knew you were going there. So did she. And That's we, why I put it in twice. We're, we're down to we're down to six consistent listeners now. <laughs> you think my wife's going to stop listening? Yeah. Hey, my wife doesn't even start listening. All right. So, <laughs> so going back to Denver... Um, they had two defensive scores against the Colts. They had five sacks the against the one Colts. Killed you? Yeah, kill them. Oh, it killed me in fantasy. But we're not talking about fantasy now. Uh, they <laughs> well, had... Yeah, we are. We've been talking about fantasy the whole time. You and your big D. <laughs> well, and your fantasy with a uh, brisket over there. Hey, it's a good looking man. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, back to the game. So Denver had five sacks, eleven QB hits, two defensive scores. Their offensive, their offense is average. Their defense is amazing. Simeon only had 266 yards, no touchdowns. C.J. Anderson had 74 yards, only 3.7 yards a carry. That doesn't matter. Their defense is great. On the other hand, Cincinnati has no balance on offense, or had no balance on offense. It was all passing. A lot of it was to their backs, but it would, there were no runs. Uh, if they're one, if they're this one dimensional against Denver, they're gonna get. They're going to get taken apart. So here's what you need to know about this game. The Bengals are 9-20 and 20 all-time against the Broncos. The Broncos have won 14 of the last 17 matchups against the Bengals. They uh, In the Andy Dalton error, he's only beat them one in four tries. I do want to jump in here and say you did say Andy Dalton error, which I do believe is factually correct, but not what you're trying to say. No, no, you thought I meant to say error. No, I meant to say error because Andy Dalton is an error. No, I'm telling you... He j- 
Andy Dalton is the Jeff Fisher of quarterbacks. He's him and Joe Flacco. They're like just consistently mediocre. See, the problem with that is, is and not that not that it was a hundred, it was anything to do with Joe Flacco. Although I will say, he, in the playoffs, he played amazing. He did play amazing. I'll give you that. He has two Super Bowls, so he's above Andy. So even if he's one quarterback rank above Andy, he is above Andy. This is true. Not so. We let's get back to this game. Okay, we can, we can talk about. You can talk about Joe Flacco and quarterbacks. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy Dalton's only beaten the Broncos once. The Broncos have won 14 of the last 17 matchups. This is not even going to be close. The Broncos held two prolific passers to under 200 yards the last two weeks. They've also forced five, ton- five turnovers in the first two games. They turned both takeaways against the Colts into touchdowns. The, the, the Bengals' offense has just been unable to establish any type of running game through the first two games. Uh, they're going to struggle against the Broncos, and the Broncos' pass rush is going to eat Dalton alive. Give me the Broncos in this game. And I have the Broncos as well. The next game we have is Cleveland at Miami. And I'll go ahead and start with this one. I refuse to talk about this game. Until the Browns give me a reason to talk about them, I'm not doing it. Give me Miami. I'm taking Miami because Miami is playing Cleveland. We don't even expect you to be good. We just want you to be watchable. <laughs> but here... So let me let me add a little bit something to ahead, this. Just it's not so much about the game because I said I wasn't going to talk about the game. Miami finally gets to play a team where the QB is hurt before the game starts, so that's good for them. And we're going to take him out as well. Uh, so, but here's the thing: I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna refuse to look up the stats for the game because it's against the Browns. So what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna take a knee with all the Browns fans who have to face a brutal the brutality of watching the Browns. It's discrimination. And I will kneel with you during the National Anthem, Browns fans, until they can put a decent team on the field. I'm with you, Cleveland. You would kneel during the National Anthem. I am with you, Cleveland. You would do that. And I'm going to play the National Anthem right here, so when you're listening back to the podcast later, you're going to have to hear it behind us and stand wherever you are. And I will always stand. But I'm with you, Cleveland. Here's an interesting stat from last week. Isaiah Crowell's 85-yard touchdown run was the longest since Bobby Mitchell's 90-yard touchdown run in 1959. I know you did not know that. No, I definitely didn't know that. Uh, also, here's another thing you probably didn't know. The last time, and it's just Cleveland now. It's not teams in the NFL, just strictly Cleveland, because this has actually happened to them once before. Uh, the last time they started three quarterbacks in the first three games of a season, they went 10-6 and six and made the playoffs. Not happening now, this year. Now, I was going to say, I completely agree. They're not making the playoffs. They're not winning 10 games. They're not going to win six games. Well, so that but, here's the stat that was on ESPN all day, and I, I don't know if you heard it, but going I, I, back. I was at work all day at the factory, so I don't get a chance to watch ESPN. Going, I don't have my own little office. Going back to last year, this will be the fifth, the fifth starter in five games for the Browns. Yep. That is absolutely amazing. So we've talked about the Browns a lot more than I Way wanted to. Way more than we want to. But I wanted, I really, to be honest, I wanted to pay a little homage to uh, Bobby Mitchell. <laughs> Who? Man, go back to 1959. Dude was actually pretty good. Back to the future. Yes. Get our, get our DeLorean on. <laughs> All right, George, All right. what's the next game? Uh, we both have Miami in that game, more so by default than anything. Um, next game is going to be Detroit at Green Bay. I'll take the, I'll start on this one. I'm going to side with the Packers on this one. The Lions are full of injuries already. They've lost Amir Abdullah. Uh, he won't be playing. Uh, the Bullet likely be without Ziggy. I can't even pronounce his last name. Ansa. 
I believe. And DeAndre Levy is questionable on the defensive side. They've been very undisciplined with the penalties uh, dating back to last week. And I just can't pick the Lions in this game. I think it's going to be a, a decent scoring game. But I don't believe the Lions are going to be able to beat the Packers. So I'm also going with the Packers. They look bad against Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers hadn't looked like Aaron Rodgers in a while, but he's been bad for over a season. It's, it's I mean, like Aaron, and I might get killed by people for saying this if they actually listened. They won't. But Aaron Rodgers, he just looks like an average quarterback. He does. He he doesn't look like you know Hall of Fame superstar Aaron Rodgers. He's missing people. He's he misses. It's timing. I don't know if it's timing. Trying to get everybody back into the system. Yeah, I I don't know Lacey, what it is. I, I mean, Lacey not running the ball well. I know throws off that offense a good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's missing guys deep when he used to be able to hit those throws. And it seems like it's probably a time when Jordy Nelson went out last year. It seems like it threw off the whole offense, and they haven't had enough time to play together to get it back. I think they will, and I'm going to take a, a approach from Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to say R E L A X, relax. I'm glad you spelt that right. I had to check it twice. <laughs> Talking about Detroit here. Do we um, have to? No, but Amir Abdullah was hurt. They couldn't run with him. They're not going to be able to run without him. They had 17. Count them. 17. They had more penalties than points last week. 17. Yep. In a one-point game, Caldwell decided to punt on a fourth and two at the 39. Now, it wasn't that, that late in the game. It was during the game. But, you know, when that when a game's that close, you're on the 39. Fourth and two. What do you punt? Either go for it or kick a field goal. Yeah, I mean the field the field position is not that bad. You kick it out of bounds, you're only gaining 19 yards. It's just the Lions doing the Lions thing. The Lions are doing Miami things. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. You, you like that, huh? Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say about Green Bay, it's not every week you have to play that tough Vikings defense. This is true. They, this well, week they, they do they do get to play it twice a year. Twice, though. but they get the Lions this week, and we're taking we're both taking the Green Bay over the Lions. Yep. Definitely taking Green Bay over the lines. Next game is going to be the Raiders at the Titans. Jason, why don't you start us off? Hey, I've got Oakland. You all know how I feel about Jack's Jack big Del- balls, about Jack Del Rio and his giant balls. Much and like, do you feel like the same way about Jack Del Rio's big balls that I feel about Garoppolo? No, I don't pine for his big balls. I'm just impressed he has them. I'm so I don't pine for Garoppolo. That's not what it sounded like earlier. Uh, just saying, the dude's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's not, he's not a hideous-looking man. He doesn't look like a troll. Well, that's not what you said earlier. You said he was a good... There's a large difference between that's a good-looking dude and he's a troll. Yeah. I'm just saying the man looks good. I mean, Stalker. America should hate him, to be honest. Stalker Think alert. about it. Think about it. Stalker alert. Go ahead. <laughs> Think Go about ahead. it. He's got... Somebody help him. Go ahead. Think about it. Shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. He's got elite level... He's got elite level talent as a quarterback. Seriously, he's got a shrine. And he's a good looking guy. I mean, America should just absolutely hate this guy. I mean, you could be a good looking guy and just like not have any ounce of athletic ability whatsoever. But no, this dude like literally won the gene pool lottery. I mean, he's got like elite level, you know, talent. And he's a good looking dude. I mean... (laughs) Holy shit, George! We're spending <laughs> we're spending all of our Oakland, Tennessee time talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Well, let's face it. So seriously, if if if, if it ever, wasn't Oakland, like let's say this was if, the Browns and the nobody, Tennessee, if, this would actually be more productive than talking about that game. If if nobody hears from me again, check to see if George has a basement where he's dressing me like Timmy Garoppolo <laughs> and telling me to put lotion on the skin. Oh, put this lotion is, on the skin. This, oh. <laughs> All right. I have Jason so uncomfortable right now. It's amazing. Yeah. He's turning like bright, like tomato red. It is awesome. All right. Back to, back to, oof. Go ahead, good looking. (laughs) All right. Back to the Oakland, Tennessee game. Are you sure you want to talk about that? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about anything else. Oh, Like anything else. Like I said earlier, sometimes, sometimes when you're feeling it, you yeah. Sometimes when you're feeling it, you should be feeling it. George has proven that here recently. <laughs> uh, Oakland, Oakland didn't really give give the game away. I think the Falcons beat them, but they beat themselves on a couple occasions. Kick not taking a field goal when they could have gone and going forward on fourth fourth down wasn't a good look for them. Uh, but here's the thing: I still don't like Mariota or their receivers, and I, that's why I'm picking Oakland. Everybody, so here's my my witty comment on this one. Oh, witty. hold on, so stand witty. by for the stand witty by. comment. Here, here we go. Witty comment in three, two. So it's funny how everyone thought Mariota would be a perfect fit for Chip Kelly. It's especially funny now that Demarco Murray is finding new life since he's away from Chip Kelly. Exactly. Uh, so he had no touchdowns, but he had 145 all-purpose yards. So touching on Demarco Murray, um, and you're taking your hands off Jimmy Garoppolo then. I might not. Okay, go ahead. Okay. He looks really good running the ball. Uh, the last two games, he's totaled 222 total yards uh, rushing. The problem with the the Tennessee is the inconsistent play by Mariota. He threw a pick six and had a fumble that and both were returned for scores in his first week with a QBR of 52.6. Last week, he came back in week two and he went 25 of 33 and threw the game-winning touchdown on fourth down so it's kind of like you know which Mariota are you getting this week are you getting the one that's going to turn the ball over twice for 14 points or you're going to get the one that's going to go for it on fourth down and throw the touchdown the game winning touchdown pass you just don't know he's too inconsistent i know which one we're getting the bad one we're getting the one that's not playing a bad lions defense no but they're playing a raiders defense that is terrible that's true but i they are terrible last they've been averaging Excuse me, not everything. They've been allowing an average of 500 plus yards in back-to-back games. But they've played. They've also played two offenses. We would both agree are really good. They are, but there's no excuse to allow over 500 yards in each game. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Yeah, there is. You you know what the excuse is? What's the excuse? I'm your brother, Rex. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> they're they're a terrible defense. They spent a lot of money on defense, and right now they're not getting any return on that investment. Derek Carr, though, on the other hand, is proving that he can go toe-to-toe with some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he's looked really, really good. So far, his first two games, he's gone for 58. He's completed 58 of 83 passes, uh, totaling close to 70% with four touchdowns and not a single interception. Like I said, he's playing amazing. He's only received one sack to date, uh, so he's only been sacked one time in the was first it, two games. Was it Jack Del Rio's giant sack? It might have been Jimmy's. Okay. Okay. He's only been sacked one time in the first two games, which shows you that the offensive line was a, that they invested in is, is as good as advertised. Um, that was all the talk coming into this year was how good their Oakland Raiders offensive line would be. 
and they're living up to that billing as of right now. They look they look absolutely phenomenal. They're giving him time to throw, and he's completing the passes with the time that he's been given to throw. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one, and I don't even think it's going to be close. Yep, I'm taking the Raiders too. We haven't really picked against each other yet. This no, I don't think. Yeah, you know, we haven't. It's so, and that's the funny thing about this is we agree on a lot of these, which is fine, because I think if like you wanted to go with the Titans and I wanted to go with the Raiders, we wouldn't be eight and eight. You would be a lot worse because I'm taking the teams that are going to win, except for half the time. Let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was setting that one up. <laughs> All right, so. The next game is Minnesota at Carolina, George. Minnesota and Carolina. I'm taking the Panthers. This is a no-brainer. Um, Here's the so thing. I w- is it good that that Adrian Peterson is injured? Maybe. I mean, he's been pedestrian the first two games. 31 carries for 50 yards. And they forced him the ball. And they do. And the opposing defenses are just going to put eight in the box, and they're going to say, beat me. And Bridgewater couldn't do it the first week. Now, Bridgewater didn't play the first week. Oh, that's right. He didn't. Who? Sean Hill couldn't Sean do Hill. It. That's right. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, Sean Hill couldn't do it the first week. And last week when they tried that, Bradford actually – Bradford looked better than Aaron Rodgers did last week, surprisingly. Bradford surprised his mom and played well. Hey, Bradford looked phenomenal last week. Does, uh, his he, he, completed 20, he completed 22 of 31 passes for 286 yards and two touchdowns. I know you're giving good stats here. That's what I do. When you look at Bradford, do his eyes look too close together or something? He's not a good looking dude. But it's not that. It's not even looking. He's he's a troll. No, but see, I'm not even saying troll. Like, I'm I'm just saying it's weird looking. Yeah, no, I agree. Yes. His eyes are like too. It, I don't know. They, they just, they look odd. Why do you hate Sam Bradford? I don't hate him. You hate him. No, I just think he looks weird. He does look weird. That's he, all. He, I, he's not. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. He's hard on the eyes. His eyes are hard to look through. They, they're hard to look at. Would you imagine having to stare into his eyes? Ugh. So I'm. I wanted. Uh, I desperately wanted to make this my upset special, and the only reason Don't I do, do is because I love what Minnesota is doing on defense. Oh, their defense looks phenomenal. They um, absolutely do. Uh, so I love what their defense does, but I have to take Carolina at home. Cam Newton's too good. Benjamin is. Picking up where he left off a couple years ago, that team it's going to be close. I think. I, I think, think it's going to be a lot closer than than people uh, would think. Just looking at this uh, at name value and on paper, I still don't think the Vikings defense gets enough credit for how good they actually are. I don't think Sam Bradford is going to get enough credit right now for for what he did last week against the Packers. He does have a so. The Vikings line is actually the best line he's ever played behind. They're actually giving him time to pass. Um, and he's got, he's got Stefan Diggs who surprisingly looks really good. He looks he, like a weapon. He, he looks like a great weapon. Um, and going up against a questionable Panther secondary. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think Carolina is going to win. Carolina has won 10 straight home games. It's the longest active streak in the NFL. Again, that's what I do. I give good stats. But well, listen. They went fifteen and one last week. It's easy. It's easy to have a long streak when you go fifteen and one. Yeah, I mean they had a great year last year. Ten, ten is impressive. Ten, ten, home, get, ten straight home games is very impressive. It's me. not like anybody just goes out and says, "Hey, I'm going to win the next ten games at home." It just doesn't happen unless you're the Panthers. Then you go out and you win ten straight home games. Right. And this week we'll make it number eleven. I have Carolina as well. I really. I'm uh, interested to see how the Panthers' offense will do against that defense. Um, they've averaged. 
40 points a game over its last seven home games. The Panthers have. Panthers put up a good amount of points against the Broncos, even though they lost. Yep. So it's not – Carolina's offense is kind of really good defense-proof in a way. So I think I think Carolina's going to win. But 21 I, points over or under for Minnesota. That they scored 21 – or Does Minnesota score more than 21 points? I am taking the over. I'm going to take the under. I don't think they will. All right, so but we both have Carolina. All right, so our next game is the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. Um, I'm going to take the Giants in this one. This will be the first time this year I have actually picked the Giants to win. Uh, they have proven me wrong twice. Don't actually, really appreciate that. Actually, I think I think they're proving you wrong again right here because you did pick you did pick them to beat the Cowboys once Tony Romo got hurt. Did I? Yes, you did. I'm fact checking you, young man. Even though I do believe you're older than me. And I believe I'm right, and we'll find that out here in three. Two. Two. One. One. Week no, one. I got that. Oh, yeah. Week one, I did pick the Giants over the Cowboys. Yep. yep. Yeah. See, okay. We, you initially had had the Cowboys. That's right. So Tony Romo so got on, hurt. on our first, so before we did the first week one uh, release, we had actually done a test or a pilot show. And in that one, I had selected the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Giants. And that was right, that's, that's that what was I was right before Romo got hurt. Yep. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I, thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. So I've got, I've got the Giants in this one as well. Uh, Washington is already questioning Kirk Cousins as its starter. They that's, should have been questioning him as a starter all along. But. Well, they, they did. That's why they didn't give him a long deal, but he had to have a private meeting this week with Jay Gruden. Here's what I think they talked about. I think they exchanged phone numbers so they could keep in touch with each other when they both part ways with the Redskins next year. And I think that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I think th- I think they'll both be gone. They might have been talking about Jay Gruden's quarterback camp. Don't don't give ESPN any ideas. Oh God, it's terrible. It's yeah. brutal. I, so it would fit though because John Gruden never developed a quarterback in his life, and they give him a quarterback camps where he tells young quarterbacks how to develop. So maybe they'll give Jay Gruden a running back camp. I mean, if you think about. It, it would be fitting. Washington right now is is currently 25th in the NFL in rushing offense. And that's terrible because in this this last game, Matt Jones started out really well and then they stopped running. That's because they're doing Miami things. They were doing Miami things. So we both have New York in this game. Yep. Uh, uh, so for Let me ask you a question about the Giants real quick before we move on to the next game. Okay. What's your thoughts on Victor Cruz? Two games, he hasn't been injured. Well, that's impressive. I think he also had four catches, I think, this last game for 50-some-odd yards or some... some. I'll tell you. I'm pulling it up right now. You know what he is? He is another weapon to throw out there. Yep. And it's something to take a little pressure off Odell Beckham Jr. It's another target. And I I think it's great he's back. I think he's doing really well. What I was going to say is New York held the Saints under 300 yards and under 50 total, and under 50 yards rushing. They had no offensive touchdowns. They did score once on special teams. Uh, they uh, There's too much, way too much turmoil in Washington. All that defense against all that turmoil. And, I, and again, I'm going to go with New York. Yeah, I mean, so I think New York is surprisingly a very complete team. Eli Manning doesn't have to, has a lot of weapons. You know, Victor Cruz is not being covered by the number one cornerback for their team. So he's... He, the pressure's not on him to perform like it was a couple of years ago when he was the only show in town. So that's helping him coming back from the injury. Sterling Shepard as a rookie looks really good. Um, New York runs a lot, and I mean a lot, of three wide receiver sets. So you know they're going to spread the ball around. And when you got that kind of talent as your three wide receivers, 
you're gonna you're gonna put up some points and you're gonna look good. What's surprising to me is actually the Giants' defense. Now I know I kind of you know you made fun of them last week, and I told you some of the additions they made in the off season. Um, right now, the Giants are actually fifth in the NFL in scoring defense, allowing just 16 points per game this season, and that's that's impressive. I mean, yeah, we're only two weeks in. I get that, but that's impressive in itself. They're only allowing 16 points a game. The the the, the investments they've made in the off season are, are looking like they were good ones, and it's not like they played cupcake teams. They 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 held the Saints' high powered offense to 228 total yards, and and last year. The Saints nearly doubled that in offensive yards when they played. They, they, Drew Brees alone threw for over 500 yards and seven touchdowns. Well, week one, I would say a rookie quarterback starting his first game and a rookie running back starting his first game, that's pre- and that's pretty much a cupcake game. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's a rival game. So, and I'll get on to, to Prescott later, but he didn't look like a rookie quarterback when he came out. He did a lot. Yes, the Dallas ran a lot of short plays for him, but... Prescott didn't turn the ball over at all. Well, no, he didn't. But which you because, don't. That's because in the first was, game in the first game, your first professional game in the NFL, where you play start to finish, you would expect the rookie to have at least one turnover. Not when whether they, a fumble, uh, an interception, something. I did. I didn't. And, 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 and here's, he, here's he why didn't they, have any. I didn't, and here's why they babied him. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that they played a cupcake game. It's because. They shortened the playbook. Dez didn't get a lot of bombs. That you know when you, you Dez was almost rendered irrelevant. You know when you t- turn the ball over when you take chances and make risks, and they took all that away from him week one. They gave a little bit back to him week two, but they took it all away week one. They didn't give him any deep throws down to Dez. They didn't give him any deep. It was all short slants. It was all hitches. It was, it all, was all all underneath stuff to uh, Cole Beasley and Jason Wynn. I get that. So that's why I say week one, and not taking anything away from the Giants, because week two they played a great offense, yep. or what looked to be a great offense, and they shut them down. But week one wasn't a great win. wasn't a great defensive performance as much as it is. They gave Dallas like little short stuff and yeah. and and said, "Dare you to beat us over the top?" I, I, and they wouldn't I, do it. And I agree with everything you said, but. I also believe that the Giants did play a good defensive game as well. It wasn't a very difficult. It wasn't playing a you know high powered Dallas offense, but they still played good. And they came out last week and they looked phenomenal against the Saints, which right. I think the Saints are going to be a high powered offense all season long. I just think that the Giants, and we'll see it more and more as the year goes on, are actually a pretty damn good defense. All right, so we'll move on to our next game. Who'd you have in that game? Oh, I took New York. Okay, me too. Yeah, I took New York. Uh, moving on to our next game, it's Baltimore at Jacksonville, and I think maybe we'll differ here because I'm taking Jacksonville. And I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, so this may be my upset special. I, I don't know if this is considered an upset. It probably should be. So Jags are 0-2. The Baltimore Ravens are 2-0. and And this, uh, is, this is what I'm going to say about this. Are you ever so stubborn about two teams? Because I am super stubborn about this. Everything in my body tells me Jacksonville shouldn't be an 0-2 team. So there, I can disagree with you. It and here, here's why: Jacksonville in weeks one and two since the start of 2010, and just the first two weeks alone, their record is three and ten. They're not good. They don't start the year very good at all. They may come on as the year goes along, and because they start to gel a little bit better. But to start the year three and ten since 2010, terrible. You know who they're tied with? One of the teams is not going to surprise you. One of the teams is going to shock you. The Browns. That's one of them. Who do you think the other team is? Seattle. Wrong. The Colts. 
that doesn't surprise me as much as you think it should. I I I I I I seen that stat and I was actually shocked that you were talking about the Jaguars, the Browns, and the Colts all in the same breath. I feel shocked. Well, so okay, so the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game they get to come home. I think that's that'll be vital. They're playing a Baltimore team. Look, they're two and zero. It took them all of four quarters to beat the Browns, and they won. But it took a. They went down twenty to two at some point in that game. They beat a Bears team that just got shellacked yep. by by the Eagles. I'm not really impressed by their wins at all. Uh, so I am taking Jacksonville at home here, and and just for those reasons, Baltimore isn't as good as their two and zero record says they are. No, but I think Baltimore is going to run all over the Jaguars this game. Um, last week the Jaguars gave up 150 rushing yards to the San Diego Chargers who are not exactly known to be a power run team. They're, everybody knows them to throw the ball. Jacksonville gave up 150 rushing yards on the ground. Um, Baltimore is a pass-heavy team as well with Flacco. Flacco had 302 passing yards on 25 of 42 completions and threw two interceptions against Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, it, when Jacksonville loses this game, Gus Bradley's seat is going to start to get really, really hot. They will start to talk about, well, maybe we need to let the coach go and get a new voice in here. I thought that at the end of last year, every year they get a whole lot of talent with Gus Bradley, and every year they seem to underachieve. I blame I, that on the coach. It's just like down in Miami. Miami wins the, the offseason, and then they come out and they look like crap. I still think Jacksonville has enough here to beat Baltimore, so I'm going to take Jacksonville over Baltimore. I'm I'm going to take Baltimore over Jacksonville. Like I said, I, I think... Jacksonville's going to just let Baltimore run all over them. And so we both have, well, we, we differ in that game. I've got the Ravens. You've got the Jaguars. Um, Gus Bradley, your seat is getting hot. Let's move on to the next game. All right. The next game is the LA Rams, which is still weird to say. It, it's very, very weird to say. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, after seeing what Winston couldn't do against a good defense, and the offensive line woes, even though he wasn't sacked that much, the offensive line woes against the Cardinals. I'm picking the Rams just because I think that front seven is going to get to Winston early and often. Without Doug Martin, I don't think they're going to have a running game to, to speak of. So I'm taking the Rams. This is my upset of the week, and I'm going to take the Bucks. Can't be your upset. It's going to be my upset. Can't be your upset because I wouldn't be upset if they won. Well, it's still going to be my upset. Some good, some good, first some good facts. Uh, Mike Evans has two touchdown catches this season. Last year, he finished with three, and he didn't get his second touchdown until week 11. Needless to say, he's on pace to catch more touchdowns than he did last year. Todd Gurley has looked below average uh, this season running the ball. He's averaging less than three yards per carry. I expect that to change this week. I think he'll average over four. Um, Case Keenum went 18 of 30 for 239 yards and no turnovers last week. I think he'll have at least one turnover this week. But I can see him putting up kind of similar stats to that. I don't, I don't think he's going to go out there and wow you. Well, I think it's going to be more of a running game. Well, so here's some stats for you, real quick. The Buccaneers in two games have not won turnover. They have not turned the ball over on defense one time. And I do think they they weren't playing Case Keenum. It's true. That's very true. They did play Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan, say what you want. He's looked phenomenal the first two games. Uh, that's the other thing I was going to say. I don't know if Gurley's going to get a whole lot of yards, and only because Tampa Bay's 
offense is just decidedly dreadful against the pass. So one of the one of the greatest stats everybody says as a Buccaneer fan is, oh look, we look great against the run. You would look great against the run too if you allowed seventy percent pass completions from every quarterback you faced. Exactly. Why bother running? I wouldn't run. I just I just throw the ball. Just on keep you. passing. Over but I, and over th- and over. so unfortunately though, that is not the strength of this Rams team. Uh, what do the Rams want to do? They want to beat you with a dominant defensive line, and they want to run the ball down your throat. That's their that's their game plan. That's their offense. The Rams are four and zero in the last four meetings against Tampa, and I expect them to go five and zero. Jameis Winston, and I'm telling you stuff you already know. He's been completely inconsistent the first two weeks. He looked awesome against the Falcons. Read that stat to me again. Which one? The go back. Let's start the, that over. Read that set to me again. <clears throat> they are four and zero. Who is uh, the Rams? Or what? Four and zero against uh, in their last four meetings against Tampa. And what do you think is going to happen? They're going to go five and zero. But you just picked the Bucks. I did, didn't I? That's why it's my upset of the week. <laughs> you're upset. So, that so, you're, so you're what upset I'm doing? That, what I'm doing is you're... this is my upset of the week, <laughs> and I'm going to be able to go back now and be like, listen, no, listen carefully. I picked them to win. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just upset your facts don't match your picks no that well i had to find an upset of the week this was a last minute upset of the week fun I, fun fact that my father-in-law is an la rams it, he was an la rams fan they moved to st louis so he was a st louis rams fan and now he's an la rams fan again him and i are going to this game together for his birthday and just like the last time we went i expect the bucks to lose oh yeah I, i'm gonna pick one to win i think you'll be happy a little bit on Jameis winston uh, like I told, like I was saying earlier, he's been pretty inconsistent. He looked great against the Falcons. He completed 72% of his passes. He had a four to one turnover at interception ratio. Week two, eh, not so good. He completed just 52% of his passes and he had one touchdown to four picks. So be fair. One of those picks was last second Hail Mary when he shouldn't have been in the game. He, I, we, it's going to count, but it shouldn't count. I would say. No, it should count at least because he has, it does count. At least but he, he shouldn't the, have been in the game. At least That's he had the nuts better. to throw that pass. He didn't. It didn't care. He didn't matter. It didn't matter to him about the stats. He he, wanted. he, he was padding his stats. He didn't care. He he. Listen, he shouldn't have been in the game to begin with. That's no, on Dirk Cutter. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know why you're having your franchise quarterback in a game where you're being blown out forty to seven with under two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Sit him. Let Glennon get in there, and maybe Glennon will actually look half decent, and then you could turn around and try to sell him for something of value. Uh, it's his last. It's his last season as as a Bucks quarterback. He listen. I have it on pretty good word, you know, from my sources. Yeah. That the Browns may be in the market for a quarterback. I've heard that. So you know, call call yourself some call some Cleveland. Be like, hey, you know. We've got Mike Glennon. We've got this giraffe look, look, sitting on the bench. Look look how great he looked last week against the Cardinals' fourth-string defense. How about a, a third-round or a fourth-round pick that we can eventually use to trade up for a decent kicker? <laughs> so I, we're, not, we're not talking fantasy, but I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit. Uh, a little nugget here. We're not talking fantasy, but damn it, we're going to talk some fantasy. Here's here's a little nugget for you. Jacquez Rogers will have more yards this week than Charles Sims. Oh, that's a hot take. I don't believe it, but that's a hot take. So, all right, we'll move on to the 49ers at the Seahawks. Uh, oh, going back to L.A. real quick, and then we'll... Go ahead. Uh, L.A. has not scored a touchdown this season, and nope. I believe that'll change this week. I, I agree. Also, the last win in Los Angeles for an NFL football team was November 6th, 1994. 
I'm a stats nerd. What can I say? So now we're moving on to the 49ers against the Seahawks. Yep. Uh, another team that has yet to score a touchdown this year is the Seahawks. And as much as I want to pick the 49ers because they have looked better Don't this do year, it. I won't. That they've Thank looked. You. So the 49ers have looked better this year. They shellacked. They looked a lot better than a lot of people thought they would. They thought that. Well, they've looked better than the Seahawks. People thought they would be an Abatross, and they actually haven't. Well, Seahawks play two really good teams. <laughs> the Dolphins and wait. So and the Rams. They've played an O two Dolphin team. Mm-hmm. And they played a one and one Rams. So who did that, that who did that one and one Rams team you, lose you, to? You will put a little bit of respect on the Rams name. Seattle Seattle has the hardest time playing. So you know how like sometimes, you know, in basketball, we're gonna go to basketball for a second. Some teams just have the other team's number. It doesn't matter what you do, the other team just has your number. That's kind of how it is with the Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams have the number of the Seahawks. The Seahawks are one and five. In the last five games, uh, excuse me, one in, they're one and four in the last five games against the Rams. Against everybody else in the NFL, they are 22 and seven since 2014. That's a good stat. That's what I do. But here's the magic number zero. Zero touchdowns. Oh, I know. Zero touchdowns. I, I, and against, I understand that. Against a team. Last week. Against was- a team that gave 21 to Jimmy Garoppolo in the first quarter and a half, and a team who gave up 28. Against the San Francisco 49ers, they have gotten zero, zero touchdowns. I, I understand that. It, so, Russell Wilson had 17 consecutive games with at least one touchdown scored, snapped last week when he didn't get any touchdowns. But it's the 49ers. With all that said, we're still going, we're still taking Seattle. <laughs> and here's the thing. Well, and here's the thing. And that's another one, me saying, here's the thing. Yep. Since I said it. We just can't trust the 49ers yet, even though they've looked like a better team than the Seahawks. Gabbert, Gabbert has looked pretty good. The more he, he plays, which, and this is going to sound like a no-brainer, the, the more he plays, the, the, the better he looks. Um, That's actually not a no-brainer, because I've seen a good ton of NFL quarterbacks that the more they play, the less, like, the less good th- they look. This is true. This is true. Last week, Gabbert had 243 passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he had two passing, one rushing against that great Carolina's defense. That that's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know how much to do that's got to do with either Gabber or Chip Kelly's offense. I don't want to give Chip Kelly credit for anything. He's actually made the Forty ers look a little bit more respectable than most people thought they would look coming in. All right, and with all that said, we're still picking the Seahawks. Oh, oh, absolutely, we're taking the Seahawks. So the next game is going to be San Diego at Indianapolis. Again, I want to take San Diego here, but Indianapolis at home in the Dome, I think Andrew Luck gets right, and I think Indianapolis wins. I think the Chargers have outscored their opponents 42-3 to in the first half this season. I think the Chargers are going to win. The first half? No, the whole game. Okay. Because, you know, only team that wins in the first half is New England. We don't give any credit for anything that happened in the second half. Especially when a third-string quarterback comes in. Doesn't matter. It does matter. Nope. So, um, here's here's what I'll say about Indianapolis, and this I might get from the four people. I might get some people that yell at me. Andrew Luck's not an elite quarterback. He's not. He's, he's better than Andy Dalton, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. Oh, I'd take Andrew Luck over Ryan Tannehill, absolutely. 
But he's not he's not an elite quarterback. He proves it week in, week out. When he plays a and good you, defense. You know who you sound like right now? Who? Well, you don't sound exactly like him, but you're making a skip Bayless argument about oh. Andy Dalton. Or not Andy Dalton, I'm sorry. About and Andrew Luck. Oh. Because Skip hates him some Andrew Luck. I don't hate Andrew Luck, but he is very matchup dependent. Very. Good defense. He don't falls play apart. Him. Don't play him. Bad defense. He shines. And San Diego's got a bad defense. Which is why I'm taking Indianapolis here. I think they get, uh, again, I think this is a get right game for them at home against, against a bad defense. I think that offense is going to shine. They have an absolute horrible, horrible, horrible defense. I think they'll outscore the Chargers. So, who do you think is better, Phillip Rivers or Trevor Simeon? Phillip Rivers. Okay. So, last week, the Colts gave up 266 passing yards to Trevor Simeon. I think they're going to give a lot more than that to Phillip Rivers. Okay, but whose defense is better? It doesn't matter. Whose defense is better, So the- San Diego or Denver? Well, I don't know. San Diego looked elite last week against the Jaguars. Lots of teams look elite but it doesn't, against the Jaguars. But it, it, it doesn't matter about the defense because we're only talking about the offense. We're comparing the two offensive sides of the ball. I'm because, not no, – because- no. Because I'm comparing. I am comparing offense versus defense and offense versus defense because I can't compare. You can't compare Andrew Luck versus Phil Rivers. They don't play on the at the same time against the same teams. They no, play- but I can compare Trevor Simeon to Philip Rivers because they both play offense and they're both going up against that uh, Indianapolis Colts defense. And that was my point. That defense gave 266 passing yards up to Trevor Simeon. What did Blake Bortles have last week? Uh, in a bad game. I don't know. I don't have the Blake Bortles stat in front of me. But here's the thing: we're not talking about the Jaguars. No, we're not. We're, we're, we're you keep, but we're also not talking about Denver, and you keep bringing nope. Seisman, Seaman or Seisman yeah, because or he Seaman. played. He's he he played that terrible Colts defense last week again, and Blake now Philip Bort- Rivers gets them, and he's going to throw for over 400 yards on that but defense. What, but what you're not what you're not hearing is Blake Bortles played that awful Chargers defense last week. Mm-hmm. And how many yards did he have? It doesn't matter. How many points did he score? I believe he only scored seven. How many did Simeon score? No, 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 no. How many did Simeon score? How many did Simeon score? Zero touchdowns. Well, didn't you just say Simeon is not nearly as good a quarterback as Phillip Rivers? You are getting this so twisted. So let's do A to B for you because your your math is really wrong. No, my math is right, but that's okay. We are going to do it this way. Philip Rivers is to Blake Bortles what Andrew Luck is to Simeon. What we're saying is they both have bad defense. Right. I'm making my case for the Chargers because that's who I pick to win. I'm making my pick for Indianapolis. Exactly. So they're both playing bad defenses. I think the Chargers defense might be slightly better I don't. than the Colts defense. I I don't think they're better. I don't think the Chargers are giving up five point I'm sorry. Hold on, let me let me uh where is it? The Colts are not giving or excuse me, the Chargers are not giving up four point three rushing yards per carry. They're not. That is a bad Colts defense. They can't stop the run. Hold they can't on. stop the pass. Hold on one second. They have one good defensive player, and that is it. That's Vontae David. He is going to blanket Travis Benjamin. I think Antonio Gates, I think Tyrell Williams, I think Dontrell Inman, and I think Melvin Gordon are going to come out and they're just going to run all over the place and throw all over that defense. 
I don't think the Colts defense can hang with the, with the Chargers offense. I think the Chargers defense is slightly better. I'm not saying they're all world. I'm not saying they're great. San Diego is giving up 5.1 yards per carry. And 5.1. Okay. So who is, who is better? Frank Gore or Melvin Gordon? Thank you. I will take Melvin Gordon every single time. But Frank Gore doesn't have to play against. Uh, well, you just brought up their rushing. How much they're giving uh, each rushing per carry? You gave that stat, and you I gave said, I gave it for said, my argument. You, You're right. Yeah, you said this that is why the we have 25 minutes of, of, of arguing on our thing is because you said the Colts were giving up what 4.3. So rushing is, per wait, rushing per, per, per carry. So so which is worse? 5.1 or 4.3? Who's going to run the ball more? It ain't going to be the Colts. 5.1 or 4.3? You gave the stat. I did. I'm just answering. Okay. It's worse. And who's going to run it's the worse. ball more? Who's going to run the ball more? Is the Colts going to run the ball more or the Chargers going to run the ball more? It's going to be the Chargers. It depends. It does not depend. You know you know how it, you know how this game plays? What is it going to depend on, George? It's going to depend on game flow. It's going to depend on who's in the lead. Exactly. And that's going to be the Chargers because they are going to win. No, that is my pick. The Colts are going to win. And we will see in a week and you will be wrong and you will come back on here and we will talk about how good looking Jimmy Garoppolo is and how sad you are that I was right and you were wrong once again. So speaking of running all over San Diego, the next game is New York Jets against Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Who do you got, George? I took the uh, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets on this one. Uh, last week, they had two 100-yard receivers in Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. They also had a 100-yard rusher in Matt Forte. I used to think that this Kansas City defense was, was one of the best in the league, but they haven't been playing like that recently. They've got a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're not looking like they they once were. Uh, I think the Jets can come in. I think they've got too much firepower on offense. I think their defense is really, really good. I'm going to take the Jets on this one. They did only play a Bills team that's in, in a massive amount of turmoil. This is this is true. So I'm taking Kansas City at home a lot because they're at home. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a theme. The Chiefs converted only three of 14 third down attempts against the Houston defense. And I would say that this Jets defense is just as good, if not better, I, than so the Houston defense. Here's what I would say. I would say you're crazy about them being that good. They gave up 31 points to Buffalo, 31 points with zero sacks. 31 yep. points, zero sacks, no quarterback pressure against the Bills. Yep. And that's that's not what that's not what um, the Houston did. And I'll, I'd have to look up the stats again. That is definitely not what Houston but, did. But the problem with that is is Tyrod Taylor will scramble to the right and bomb it 71 and 84 yards, whereas Alex Smith will not do that. No, he won't, but he doesn't have to throw it 80 yards down the field and getting He won't throw it 80 yards down the no, field. No, he'll throw it, he'll, th- he'll scramble, and, he'll move to the right just like Tyrod Taylor, yep. avoid any pressure, throw it 10 or 15 yards down the field, but the difference but the is 10, the 10 he will complete yard plays the pass. Weren't there. He will complete a pass against this team. And he probably will, but the 10 and 15 yard passes last week for the Bills were not there. And that, no, they weren't only because. That's, that's I, because the Jets defense had them covered. I, it I was a broken, broken down old decrepit Darrell Rivas getting burnt. I, and I also don't think that the, the Bills had any kind of rushing game where I think Kansas City will. So I, I do. I think I, you I'm think Charles take, plays in this game? I don't think he does. I don't think he needs to. I, I, I honestly, I've been on record. I don't think he comes back. I think he'll come back next week, uh, week four. Then week five, the Chiefs are on a bye. And then week six, I think he'll be ready to go 
and they'll be willing to trust him, and he'll take somewhat of a lead role back from Spencer Ware. I still see Spencer Ware getting touches because the Chiefs are going to want Jamal Charles for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs. So I think Spencer will will cut into his touches and and break him more than he had in previous years. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't think Charles plays much in this game, if at all. And I don't think they need him. I think Kansas City wins this game. Just oh, I think they're going to need him mostly mostly because that stadium. So I think the player to watch on this will be Forte. Um, Kansas City is allowing 126 rushing yards per game. Uh, that's sixth worst, sixth worst in the NFL. I think if if Forte can get like 70 to 75 touches a game, like he's gotten the first couple of games, 75 touches a game. <laughs> I think I think I think the Jets will be in good shape. Uh, like I said, the, the the defense is not what we thought they were. Um, nobody let them off the hook. Uh, it's just the defense right now. They're 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 banged up. They're missing players. I don't think they're they what they once were. I think the Jets will be able to run the ball on this. I do not – I'll go on record right now. I do not think Eric Decker gets eight straight games with a touchdown. I think he, he doesn't get in the end zone this this week. Um, I think Brandon Marshall gets off the snide and has a two-touchdown game. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our next game, the Bears at the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys just based on what we talked about earlier. In- I got the Cowboys as well. There's there's not much too much to say about this. Dak Prescott looks a lot better. Ezekiel Elliott, despite his fumbling – has gotten in the end zone. You hear what Jerry Jones said? He's not concerned about Zeke's fumbles. Not a concern at all. He'll continue getting a workload. Well, when you spend a fourth round pick on a guy, exactly, we're not going to worry about his fumbles until no. we have to worry about his fumbles. Well, so they do have Alfred Morris back there, who admittedly has looked a lot better than Zeke, which I didn't think he would. Is there is there another team that gets consistently trolled, on, like the Redskins? I mean, first, Jeff Fisher runs out all the players that the Rams took <laughs> that was dude, that was that was so freaking awesome <laughs> and then and then last week they take Zeke out and let Alfred Morris run in the touchdown yep it was a beautiful thing wasn't it, it was, so, <laughs> maybe they should change the name so Washington trolled yes uh, less offensive I think yeah I think I think we both have the Cowboys I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this no. Cutler's, Cutler's terrible hopefully his backup's better again sprained vagina so I, I, I'm the king of stats. I, I love stats. I love little little nuggets. I thought you were going to say you're the king of sprained vagina. No, no, I am not. That'd be Jay Cutler. <laughs> uh, but here's a, a interesting little nugget. Um, Dak Prescott has completed or has attempted 75 passes. That's the most by any player in his first two games without an interception in NFL history. He passed the great Warren Moon, who had 72 pass attempts before his first. Uh, interception but we we talked earlier and so we won't dwell on it why i think that is yeah, uh, short passes short short dig and dunk offense yeah, like i said it's 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 just a little nugget stat that's what i'm good for it's what i bring to the table that and i could talk about how good looking jimmy garoppolo is all right so now we're going to move on to our locks of the week in the first game we've got lock them up lock them up oh don't sing <laughs> Uh, the first game we've got here is the Steelers at the Eagles, and I am taking the Steelers. But, George, why is this your lock? Because it's the Steelers versus the Eagles. Do I need to say anything else? I don't think I do. No, I'll say, let's just throw, you, I mean, you've had some nuggets. I'll I throw, did. I got nuggets. I'll throw one out here for this for the, for the Eagles. The last time Ryan Matthews had two touchdowns in a game, week 15 of 2011. Yep, I actually had that written down. Was... 
when Carson Wentz was a red shirt at his college. So it's been a long time. The Eagles actually looked really good against the Bears. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they're it was not the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> yeah, they're 2-0, and they played the Bears and the Browns. Yep. So the, it's, they're a lot like the Ravens. They haven't yeah, played they're, anyone they're, yet. Yeah, their record is very, very deceiving. So listen, Philadelphia Eagles, okay, I'll say you're an average team. You're not terrible, but you're not very good. Uh, your 2-0 record is very deceiving. You've played mediocre teams at best. They played the Dolphins? No, I said mediocre, not average teams. We or, strive for 8-8. Eight eight. Okay, we strive good. for 8-8. Eight that's what we do. Not getting it this year. Eh, it's still early. We'll see. A little interesting nugget because, like, again, that's what I do is my nuggets. Uh, D'Angelo Williams has become the oldest player in NFL history to rush for over 200 yards in the first two games of a season. And and, and he's going to go – he's going to he's gonna extend that, the first – over 100 yards in the first three games of the season this week. Look, they're giving him – they're giving him 30, 40. They're treating him like they know he's not going to play after this week. And he's and the sad thing is, I think he will play after this week. He should. Uh, uh, listen, he looks great. Why would you take him out and just completely bench him? We've that makes no sense. We've talked about this. It, it makes no sense, especially given the fact that Le'Veon Bell hasn't proved he can stay healthy. So or would, off the weed. Right. So it, it would make sense to keep D'Angelo Williams in the mix to keep – at least to keep – the touches for Le'Veon Bell down. Yep. But I don't think it'll be a complete running back by committee, but I I would not be floored, shocked, or surprised if they came out and they gave Le'Veon Bell two series and then they give uh, D'Angelo Williams one, one and a half. But you do have to admit they've treated D'Angelo Williams here like he's not playing after week three. They just they – Oh, forced- they, they absolutely have. They They've given him all the touches in the world and he's looked great. I mean, he's looked phenomenal. Right now, I would say he's probably the best running back in the NFL. All right, so that was your lock of the week. Yeah, I don't, I don't see. I think Big Ben's going to throw it all over Philadelphia. I don't see anybody on Philadelphia who can cover uh, Antonio Brown. I'll tell you this right now: Antonio Brown's not going to have another three to four catch game for like thirty to forty yards. That's not going to happen. Um, he's going to go up over 100 yards. He's probably going to go up over 125 yards this game. He's probably going to have at least one touchdown. I don't. I don't see Philadelphia. There's nobody on that defense that can cover him. I don't think there's anybody on that defense that can get to Big Ben. I think they're just going to go out and and just play what Pittsburgh does: run the ball down your throat, throw the ball over you, all over you, and go for two and once we score. The final game of the week, and this is my lock of the week, is the Saints. Or the Falcons at the Saints. I've got the Saints as my lock of the week. I refuse to believe that they're an 0-3 team. I think their offense is going to kill the Falcons this week. I'm so looking forward to this game. This is going to be a just a great game to watch. I'm really looking forward to it. Two high-powered offenses, two mediocre defenses. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an offensive showcase and... Next week, we'll be in here talking about how we knew this was going to be a defensive struggle. Yep, 14-7. to 7. Uh, But assuming that doesn't happen, I'm taking Drew Brees, Sneed, Cooks, Ingram. Anybody else? Michael Thomas. Tammy, Thomas. Tammy's on the Falcons. Oh, that's right, Tammy. Falcons. Yeah. What was that? Fleener, sorry. Fleener. Fleener. God, he's been disappointed. He's looked he terrible. Ha- he will, he'll have a bounce back game this, game, this week. Uh, yeah, okay. Um. So... Matt Ryan, we talked about him earlier. He's actually played phenomenally well this so far this season. Uh, playing against Oakland's defense, he threw for 396 yards on 26 of 34 passes. He had three touchdowns. Um, the Falcons offense right now are first in yards, passing yards per game 
at just over 355 yards per game. Um, they are second in total yards per contest at 451 yards per game. Oh, this offense is good. They're so good. They have the best offense. They really do. Uh, New Orleans defense gives up an average of, or they gave up 417 total yards to the Giants on Sunday. Uh, Saints opponents through two games. The Saints opponents have gone four for five in the red zone against them. So four to five times, there's 80% of the time they're in the red zone, they're getting a touchdown. Uh, well, so the one thing I can say is that must have just been week one because the Giants didn't score a touchdown last week. No, they didn't. So, But in week one, they're still, I mean, still, through two games, they're, so, you're so, getting 80% of the time you're in the red zone, you're going to score Well, a touchdown. Against Oakland. Oakland's a good offense. Well, that's what I'm saying. But uh, So against Oakland, they were terrible. Against the Giants, they were much less terrible. Giants are good defense. Well, they're no, the Giants are good offense and defense. Right, but but what I'm saying is, I know what you're saying. You're, I'm you're just talking, giving you a hard time. Yeah, you're talking about. You're talk, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. You're talking Calm about down. Calm your tits. <laughs> you're talking about New Orleans <laughs> defense. They, yeah, no, they did improve week two by yeah. a good amount. They didn't allow a touchdown against the Giants offense that does have weapons. Yep. Uh, so I I think they have gotten better from week one to week two. I don't think that's going to matter much. The Falcons, the Falcons offense is really good, but I'm still yeah. picking the Saints because I think the Saints offense is better than the Falcons offense. And I think the Saints defense, even though it's bad, isn't as, the Saints defense isn't going to be as bad against the Falcons as the Falcons defense is going to be against the Saints. No, the Saints passing attack ranks fourth in the league right now with 333 yards per game. Breeze went 29 for 44 against the Giants for 263 passing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brendan Cooks, Willie Sneed, Michael Thomas, they're going to be way too much for that Falcons defense to handle. Um, Desmond Trufant will be pro- probably shadow Cooks a lot, so I expect Cooks to, to, to struggle a little bit. Your boy Willie Sneed and Michael Thomas, I expect to have a really good game. I'm just really interested to see how the Saints are going to use... Uh, Mark Ingram. They've pretty much just abandoned all hope of having any type of run game right now in New Orleans, and which is really sad because Mark Ingram is actually really good. He's only had, uh, last week he only had 30 yards on nine carries. The Atlanta Falcons are allowing 122.5 rushing yards per game. So you would expect him to have a much, much better game as long as the Saints give him the opportunity to move the ball on the ground. Um, I think the Saints are going to realize we need to get Mark Ingram involved. Um, we need to kind of control the clock a little bit better than what we have. And I'm, I'm with you. I think the Saints offense is just going to be way too much for the, for the Falcons defense. And I'm going to take the Saints as well. All right. So that's our last game, uh, for the four of you that actually listened to us. Some programming notes. George and I will not be doing a podcast next week. Uh, life's getting in the way. I'm, one of us has a life. The other one has no life whatsoever. Well, it's not so much about the life. Um, factory is taking me out of town for the week yeah. or for a couple days next week. Uh, and with uh, normally we'd just go ahead and do it on Sunday night and forget the Monday night game. But with me going to a 4 o'clock football game, that's going to hurt that too. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to post our picks up on our up on our blog there at, at uh, bftgpodcast.com. So you can check to see what our picks are. So when we come back the following week to talk about the week before, you know that we're not just lying and saying we went 16-0, and 0, which of course we're going to do. Absolutely. 
So no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go eight and eight again. I want to remain consistent. Me too. We'll we'll both be throughout the year. We'll be eight and eight every week. Yep. So, uh, um, with Jason going out of town for uh, the factory business, I just want to say that will give me a little bit more time to be active on the Fantasy Life app. So if you're on the Fantasy Life app and you want to talk bullshit, ask questions, ask advice, anything like that, hit me up. Uh, my username is at Geo. Um, Jason is also on the Fantasy Life app. He's not on there as active as I am. Um, but if you tag him, um, he will respond eventually. It might not be that day, but eventually he will get back to you because he's a busy man. Well, so here's the thing, and I said it again. This is probably like eight or nine times I've tried to cut it out. Just, You've lost Just count. not able to do it. So uh, it's not that I'm a busy man, but I am – I'm kind of a narcissist. So if you mention me, I want to come in and tell you all about me. Yes. So mention me and I'll come talk to you. Um, You want to tell them how they can tag you and how they can reach out to you on the Financial Life app? I don't. No. So I'm at Dr. Mill, which I thought you said, but I guess you didn't. Nope. I was letting you say that. <laughs> so I'm at Dr. Mill on the Fantasy Life app. You can also reach us at bftgpodcast at gmail.com. And you can reach out to us on Twitter at BFTGpod. So that's our pickums for the week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, no, we'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Thank you for taking a break from your daily grind.